Blog Talk Radio. Your brother, your friend, as always, Tazapah, 
I'm joined once again by my wife, Hakadai, in the building. Shalom. And welcome, y'all, to Bible Talk. Sword uh, of Truth presents it, sponsored by ISBHPK, our uh, brother school, or the umbrella that we are all under. Uh, I want to send shouts out to the brothers in VA, Rochester, H-Town, San Antonio, um, Albuquerque, and shouts out to Cobble Cobb down in Guatemala. So I hope everybody is good, man. I hope everybody is healthy. I uh, hope everybody uh, had a good weekend, a good Sabbath. Uh, I apologize, y'all. I'm running a, a little behind, about an hour behind this morning, man. Uh, long night. Uh, so started the show a little later than I would have liked to. Uh, but we are definitely on, man. We're definitely on uh, and in effect right now. Um, I got any announcements I want to bring out? Oh, yeah. Um, if you got those dates, too, please hit me up with it. Um, so I don't know if y'all knew. Um, most of y'all do. Uh, people that's been listening in and uh, other, um people that are connected uh, with our schools and other schools also. And I want to send shouts out to the 12 tribes uh, worldwide, y'all, to all the brothers and sisters that are out teaching the word, living the word, uh, waiting on the return of our Savior, who the world calls Jesus Christ, who we know as Yahweh Shai, uh, the anointed Savior, to come get us out of this terrible place, man. But I want to make the announcement that the Hebrew Summit, is coming up, I believe, in January, I want to say. I believe it's in January. Uh, I'll get the dates, and uh, I'll keep plugging it. But uh, it's going to be in H-Town this year, y'all, from what I'm told, which is works out wonderfully for, for me because H-Town is right down the road by three hours. So that is uh, mucho tawab, as my brother Pantazat would say. Uh, but that's right on time, man. And I want to send a special shout-out to um, Kazakia, man. I called his uh, Sabbath reading this uh, weekend, man, this past weekend, VA Sabbath reading. And I really enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it, man. It has been a while since I've been over um, Genesis uh, in its entirety, like that, the first couple of chapters, man. But I really enjoyed it, um, those precepts coming out. And a lot of them uh, I knew. Some of them uh, I was kind of rusty with, had forgotten. Uh, but it, it it opened me up, man. And, and, and it's like this, too, man. If you've been in the the knowledge for any significant amount of time, every time you go over what we loosely refer to as breakdowns of a chapter, you see something new that you missed the previous time, man, and it's like that with all classes. You just, the most high just be opening stuff up to you, man, that you just didn't see before. Uh, so I could really appreciate his classes, y'all. Y'all keep tuning in, man. Brothers been, all the brothers been dropping some good classes, man, and it's definitely needed uh, for our daily bread. So with that said, y'all, uh, let's go ahead and get into it. So we go to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9, and it reads, After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth 
as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. So this is the prayer we should be praying on the daily, man, so we can get the hell up out of here. We should be confessing that we no longer want to be in this place because that's the only way the Most High is going to come deliver us out of here is if we as a nation are sick and tired and fed up with the current events, with the current state of our people, that's the only way he's going to come get us, man. And we have to, matter of fact, let's get that. Let's get Ezekiel. I believe it's 4 9. I might have twisted. We definitely have to be in this mindset, man, for the most high to know that we are truly sick and tired of this damn place. What did I say? 9 or 4 or 4 or 9? 9 or 4. 9 or 4. Yeah, that's the one. I had it twisted. So Ezekiel chapter 9 verse 4. And the Lord said unto him, go through the midst of the city. So go through the midst of the city. When it's talking about the city, it's talking about going through the midst of our people. We're synonymous with the city. We're no longer in the city. We've been displaced, and we have imposters in our land right now, those being the Jewish people. Um, I may have time to touch on that later. But uh, those people are imposters. But when it talks about the city, it's talking about us, the people, the nation as a whole. So read that again for me. And the Lord said unto him, go through the midst of the city. So go through the people, read. Through the midst of Jerusalem. Read. And set a mark upon the foreheads of the men. It says to set a mark upon the forehead. Now the mark, y'all, ain't talking about no damn uh, Ash Wednesday mark on the forehead. So where we just run around with ashes on the forehead. The mark on the forehead, the forehead is talking about your mind, your brain, your mental state. So he says set a mark on their brain, on their minds, on their mental state. Read. Of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. Because this is the only way we're going to be noticed. We have to have the mindset that we're sick and tired of this damn place. We're just fed up. It says that cry for all the abominations. Abomination is a filthy, wicked act. And that's where we are right now, man. Another damn school shooting. I mean, this has become normal. It's like uh, what kids they didn't kill today. It's crazy. And they said that this is the, the 40th school shooting this year. And I'm talking about the one that happened in St. Louis. Y'all. We, we get into it in a minute. But I, I just want to show us why we should be praying the Our Father prayer to get the hell up out of here. This is ridiculous. And, and like I said, it's, it's to the point where it's become the norm. That's why the Most High said a mark has to be set on our people's forehead that's, that's not going along to get along, that's not accepting the conditions that we're in right now. That's why he said that sigh and that cry. You can't be silent about what's going on right now. You have to let it be known that you hate this damn place, that you're ready to get the hell up out of here. 
So he says, set a mark on those that sign the cry for all the abominations to be done in the midst thereof. And this is including our people. We can't be afraid to speak against our own people about the ignorant mess that they're doing. We got to call our people out, man. We can't be silent about the way, and I've got to read that article too, the way we're treating our children, the way, hell, the way we're treating each other, the way every, everybody's woman's getting passed around, we wife-swapping now. Adultery is that's the norm. Every damn song is how about how I hit your girl? How your wife is my side piece. I mean, this is where we at, man. But this is what the most high said. We're supposed to be angry about this. We're not supposed to be happy. We don't. Verse five. And to the others, he said, in mine hearing. But the other people that's just happy as a punk in a penitentiary, being here in this jacked up place, he said what? Go ye after him through the city and smite. He said do what to him? Go ye after him through the city and smite. Smite is talking about killing. Kill that fool. You want to keep celebrating Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas and uh Wearing damn rainbow flags and participating in gay parades and this damn these letter people. You want to keep participating in that madness? Then you're going to die. Read. Let not your eyes spare, neither have ye pity. It says don't have pity on the little kids that's trick-or-treating. Guess what? They got to go. Read. Slay utterly, old and young. Most high don't care. And you got to ask yourself, why would he get so drastic? Why would he say something like this? Because he's fed up. This is something he loathes. He's sick of seeing this. We should be sick of seeing this also. Both maids and little children and women. Women and children, he don't care. If you're wicked, you got to go. Because I don't think we really fully understand the Our Father prayer. He said, thy kingdom come. His kingdom is coming on the earth, y'all. Contrary to what you learn in the Christian church, you don't have to die to go to heaven. Heaven's coming to you. But you got to be in the right mind frame to receive it. In God's kingdom, in heaven, our heaven, ain't going to be no punks, y'all. Ain't going to be no damn holidays. You ain't got to worry about hearing Christmas carols on the radio and all through the department stores while you working your damn 80 hours a week trying to save up for Christmas so you can buy kids toys. That ain't happening in the most high kingdom. That's not going to happen in heaven. You're not going to see goose and goblins and little kids going to strangers' doors. That's not going to happen in God's kingdom. In God's kingdom... You're not going to see or witness or participate in the celebration of the slaughtering of the Native American, our brothers and sisters, in the billions and call it Thanksgiving. In the kingdom that's going to come on earth, you ain't going to change the Thanksgiving meaning around and say, oh, well, I'm not really celebrating that. I'm just giving thanks to God. Stop. No, that ain't going to go on in God's kingdom. 
That's why he's saying this. Verse 6 again, please. Slay utterly old and young. Kill them fools. You want to keep celebrating these, this madness? You're going to die. Read. Both maids and little children. He don't care. Read. And women. Read. But come not near any man upon whom is the mark. But don't come to these men that are sick and tired of this. Don't come to this. Don't don't come to the men that want to kill these people the way the Most High is going to order the hit on them. Don't come to the to the to the brothers and sisters that are sick of the twerking, that are sick on the sick of the black on black crime, the gun violence, that's sick of the adultery, that's sick of the let me pimp my daughter out. Don't come near them. Don't come near the, the people that, because every year, you know, Halloween, we always got our porch light off. Now, we cut our porch light on, you know, because we going back and forth in the dark, so we have light to stick our key in the keyhole. It's just the norm. But every Halloween, the whole, the whole house is dark because we don't want to be bothered. With that nonsense We the only house on the block That's like that In fact We the, we the only niggas on the block <laughs> There's another nigga That right down the street But this block We the only niggas on this whole block Oh wait a minute I take that back We got Issacar though Issacar right down the street too <laughs> So called Mexican But those people, the people that don't want to participate in this nonsense, don't come near them. Read. And begin at my sanctuary. He says what? And begin at my sanctuary. What's the sanctuary, y'all? They're talking about the church. So all you people up in the church talking about how y'all love Jesus, how y'all love God, and y'all got damn trunk or treat going on. Guess where the Most High said this killing's going to start at? Right there with y'all. All y'all that's uh, prepping y'all congregation or prep y'all congregation to go out and vote. What was it, yesterday? Early voting? This is voting season, right? But it's supposed to be a separation of church and state, but they're one and the same. Stop. He's starting there. He's starting at the place where y'all run around talking about Jesus is the reason for the season. When Christ has nothing to do with damn Christians. Went over that last week, how does Nimrod reincarnated, and you bring those treats to him in form of his supposed reincarnation uh, transformation as a tree. He's starting there at the church where the, the reverend always wanted to pray with your woman, lay hands on them, where y'all got more punks and dice than a little bit. He's starting there at that place. Read. Then they began at the at the ancient men. The, the, who are the ancient men? The elders, the deacons. <laughs> He's starting at them. Why? Because they're supposed to be the example, and they are. But they're a bad example. They ain't an example of a holy man, of a righteous man. They're an example of a church nigga. Still eating pork chops and celebrating how ho- celebrating holidays. So it started them fools. Read. 
Then they began at at the ancient men, which were before the house. Right, before the house, meaning they're sitting at the top of the church, at the highest level. Supposed, the supposed, supposed leaders, they're getting it first. So this is why we need to pray the Our Father prayer on the daily, y'all, and keep what we just read in Ezekiel chapter 9 in mind. Now let's get Psalm chapter 118, verse 24. And for y'all just tuning in, I usually do about an hour of news, current events, and then I get into the topic. Uh, I haven't done news or current events in about probably about several weeks now because the topic that I was going over was so extensive that I needed the full two hours. But I'm back to the current events and news today, y'all, and I got a, a little bit, uh, well, quite a bit. I want to get into, which I might not be able to get into all of it. Time goes by really fast. Read this for me. Psalm 118.24. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So until our Savior come and get us up out of this hellhole, good or bad, happy or sad, man. The most I bought, bought us to it, he's going to bring us to it, and we'll come out on the other side better than we were before, man. So, yeah, with that said, uh, the first article I want to get into is, yeah, what I brought up earlier, the school shooting in my hometown. And people have been sending me text messages driving me about it. My family, we we be having little running jokes about each other's states. Um, So where are we at? Read this. From USA Today. Hundreds gather at vigil after shooting at St. Louis High School leaves two dead, seven injured. Damn shame, another school shooting. And I don't know if I mentioned it, y'all. They said that this is the 40th school shooting this year in the U.S. And I'm under, I ain't going to say under, I highly believe that all of this stuff is orchestrated because even with this shooting, they said they're trying to figure out what it do that I was ammunition from. That's my question, too. The same question I have for the Uvalde shoot. Where the hell does dude get his ammo from? And we already know through research and through TV shows how the, the, the FBI does uh, surveillance on your browser, whether it be your phone or your damn PC or your laptop, your tablet, whatever. They're doing high surveillance on you. So, even to the point they know what damn library books that you check out. I mean, I know most people don't go to the library no more, but y'all remember they was doing that. So if they was doing that, what makes you think they ain't doing the same thing on the Internet so they can see what's going on in people's lives? And, of course, social media is a, a tool that they use to gather all their clues. That's the first place they hit when something like this happens. So they know what people are into so who's to say that they ain't seeding people's minds and telling them what to think through these same sources? Read on. Hours after a former student opened fire at a St. Louis high school, killing two people and injuring seven others, a grieving community gathered to mourn and demand change. With candles in hand, hundreds of parents, teachers, students, and community members gathered at a visual Monday at St. Louis's Tower Grove Park to remember a teacher and student killed in the shooting at Central Visual Performing Arts High School. Now, I'm born and raised in St. Louis, y'all. I'm very familiar with the area that they're talking about. And 
I'll be honest with y'all, man. I don't know. Maybe it would have um, broke national news if it was a Vashon, if it was a, a Sodan, even if those schools still exist. Now, these schools I'm naming y'all are in the hood, all right? They're like North St. Louis. Um, but this school right here is on the south side of St. Louis. And when I left South St. Louis, when I left St. Louis in general, I was living on the south side, and it was pretty much, it was still white. It was very white down there. Uh, it was The demographics had started to change. You had a lot of black folks migrating on the south side, but it was still a lot of white folks down there, and specifically in that neighborhood right there, because right behind that school, down the street from that school, is what's known as uh, the hill. The hill is right there, and the hill is a bunch, yep, right by the hill, yeah, because I <laughs> they got a bunch of Italian restaurants, a bunch of white folks down there. And then not too far from the, the hill is Dogtown, uh, which they say the Dutch discovered or whatever. This, you know, still white folks. But I'm saying all this, y'all, to say that if it would have happened at those hood schools, would it have made national news? I don't think it would have. But anyway, let's read on in the article. According to local media reports, Dylan Fritz, a senior at the adjoining Collegiate School of Medicine and Bioscience who attended the vigil, told St. Louis Public Radio he hid in a corner as he heard screams down the hallway. Student, he said, I wanted to go to school today and learn. I was there to learn. I was not there to hide in a corner. Guns do not belong in schools. Who are the victims? A 61-year-old woman and a 16-year-old girl died in the shooting. Metropolitan Police Department Commissioner Mike Sachs said Monday, declining to identify the victims who died until their families were notified. Eight people, including the gunmen, were hospitalized. The woman died at the hospital, and the girls died at the school. The gunman also died at the hospital. Seven other people, including male and female students ages 15 and 16, were in stable condition and had injuries ranging from a broken ankle to shrapnel and gunshot wounds. Now, this is very sad and tragic, man, and I do not um, – I don't celebrate death, man, Um People think that we monsters and we are cold-hearted and we have no feelings, man. I've experienced loss and I know how it feels, and I, I, I want, don't want nobody to feel like that. So I'm not uh, big up in this or celebrating or anything like that. But what I definitely want to bring to people's attention is this. Let's get Habakkuk chapter 2. <clears throat> so some people call it Habakkuk. Some people call it Habakkuk. So we're going to that chapter, chapter 2, and let's start in verse 1. I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. So it says stand upon the tower and watch. This is referring to watchmen, the watchmen of our people, the watchmen of Israel. He said, I'm going to see what he's going to say. I shall answer when I am reproved. Read on. And the Lord answered me 
and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables. So he said, man, write this down. This vision I'm going to give you, write it down, make it plain upon tables. Tables is, you know, books. It's, it's something that's recorded. Read? And he also he said, make it plain upon tables. So make it plain, not a parable, but make this plain as day so everybody will be able to understand the vision that I'm giving you. Read? That he may run that readeth it. <laughs> That he'll run and read it, run and publish it, run and be scared of it. Read. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Read. Though it tarry, wait for it. Though it's going to take a while, wait for it, read. Because it will surely come, it will not tarry. And that's what makes the most high the most high, because he'll prophesy something and it'll come to fruition. It'll happen. Read. Read. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him. Now, he's dropping clues now. It says that this person he's talking about said his spirit of his soul is not upright in him. Read. But the just shall live by his faith. Read on. Yea, also, because he transgresses by wine, he is a proud man. So more clues said that this particular person transgressed by wine or influence, he is a proud man. Read. Neither keepeth at home, who enlargeth his desire as hell. It said that this dude don't stay at home. This dude is all over the place. He's messing in other people's business. I, I want us to understand. So he's talking. He's talking about a certain group of people that have these characteristics that are always messing around in other people's business. It says, "Who enlarges his desire as hell." And he's all over the place just getting whatever it is that he desires. And he's making those places where he go and get whatever he desires to become a hell to the indigenous people that are there. Read. And is as death. And, and everywhere he goes, what does he bring with him? Death. He brings death with him everywhere he goes. I want us to keep in mind these are clues. Read. And cannot be satisfied. And he's never satisfied. He takes people's natural resources, he kills people, and he still ain't got enough. To the point now where he sucked all the natural resources out of the place, and now he's been called, he has caused something that they're calling now global warming. Or what do they call it? Climate, climate change. Climate change. Read. But gathereth unto him all nations. And this dude gathers all people unto him. You know, he's he's the metropolis city or the metropolis country. What's the, the sign they got on the Statue of Liberty? Bring your sick, your poor, your hungry, whatever, whatever, whatever. What is it? Uh, Ellis Island? Ellis Island. <laughs> Yeah, he gathers all people to him. The place you can find a Chinatown, a Korean town, a place you can find a little Italy, a place you can find um, a little Haiti, the place you can find uh, a bunch of um, Elamites, uh, and I'm talking about the East Indians, all their temples and the shrines and all of that. And this is nationwide in this particular place. 
you can find all nationalities in this one place because this dude gathers unto him all nations. Read. Verse 5. Read it again from the top. 2 and 5. Mm-hmm. Yea, also, because he transgresses, transgresses by wine, he is a proud man, neither keepeth at home, who enlarges his desire as hell, and is as death, and cannot be satisfied, but gathereth unto him all nations, and heapeth unto him all people. All people, read. Shall not all these take up a parable against him? So all these nations, all these people are going to take up a parable against this dude, read. And a taunting proverb against him? Read. And say, woe to him that increases that which is not his. Oh, woe means destruction. It says destruction to this dude that just takes stuff that ain't his. You know, the same dude that stole a whole country and named it after a uh, a Roman explorer, Amerigo Vespucci. Yeah, that's why the country's named America, y'all. I know they told y'all that lie that Christopher Columbus discovered America, but the place is not called Christopher Columbus or Columbus even. It's named after the Italian explorer, Amerigo Vespucci. But this place didn't belong to him. No different than the U.S. Virgin Islands don't belong to the U.S., the United States. No different than the British Virgin Islands don't belong to the Britain Empire. <laughs> it belongs to the indigenous people that play. No different than the, the island of Santo Domingo, uh, which we know as, um, well, is that the island of Hispaniola? I might have it backwards. But the island is divided by a river that has Haiti on one side and Dominican Republic on the other side. You know, it was colonized. One part was colonized by the French, white people, and the other side was colonized by the Spanish, white people. Those things don't belong to him. The Berlin Conference, where they sat down and they divided Africa up and colonized Africa, those places don't belong to him. Read that part again. Shall not all these take up a parable against him and a taunting proverb against him and say, Woe to him that increases that which is not his. And so the destruction to this dude because you colonize these places, they don't belong to you. Read. How long? And to him that ladeth himself with thick clay. He said, man, how long is this going to happen? Read on. Shall they not rise up suddenly that shall bite thee? and So they'll not rise up suddenly. And this is why you have so many countries coming out. They're coming against America. Now nuclear warfare is imminent. So you think it's a coincidence that Kim Jong-un is uh, shooting damn uh, rockets <laughs> over here in America and they're actually reaching? He, he's showing America, hey, I got capability. Y'all got them, I got them too. This is not a coincidence. Read. And the weight that shall vex thee and shall be for booties unto them. Be for booties is treasure. Read. Because thou hast spoiled many nations. Because this dude has spoiled many nations. 
He's colonializing many nations. Read. All the remnant of the people shall spoil thee. And it's going to happen to you. The same way you did people, they're going to do the same thing to you. Read. Because of men's blood. Because you done killed a lot of people. Read. And for the violence of the land of the city. And you done took land by violence. Read. And of all that dwell therein. And all that dwell therein. Now, I want y'all to listen to this very closely because these are the characteristics of this particular person in this particular place. And this is what he put out. And the scripture says, whatsoever man sow, he shall also reap. So he's put this stuff out. And what's, what's happening now? Read. Woe to him that coveteth an evil covetousness to his house. So danger. Woe is danger. It says, woe to him that covereth an evil covetous to his house, meaning that this particular group of people, this nation, a house is talking about a nation. You covet stuff. You take stuff that don't belong to you. Read. That he may set his nest on high. That you will put yourself above all people and say that you're the best country in the world. Everybody else is uncivilized. You got to bring your democracy to these places because they are heathen, they're savages. Read. That he may be delivered from the power of evil. Read on. Thou hast consulted shame to thy house by cutting off many people. You've brought shame to your nation by cutting off all these people, read. And have sinned against thy uh, soul. And you didn't sin against your soul, read. For the stone shall cry out of the wall. Now, when it said the stone is crying out of the wall, it's talking about now his own people is crying out against him. This is why you got the damn January 6th stuff that happened in Washington. Because you got people crying out against their own government now. This is why you got the war intensifying between the Democrats and the Republicans. And they're politicizing everything, including all these damn school shootings. They, they politicize everything. It ain't even about the loss of life anymore. It's about them getting their damn way as far as gun legislation and all this other nonsense is concerned. So you got people coming out. Now they're telling on their own people and against their own people. But remember, this is the stuff that he's done to other countries. He's destabilized their countries. So it's only fair that now his his country is becoming unstable. Read. And the beam out of the timber shall answer it. Woe to him that buildeth a town with blood. Now, this is woe. Now the people are understanding that destruction is coming to us to our nation because everything we built was built with what? Blood. With blood. This is why blood is running in the street right now as far as these school shootings are going. And this is why I wanted to bring this up so everybody can understand this is why it's happening. That old saying, uh, violence begets violence. Mm-hmm. Hate begets, begets hate. All this violence is going on because this is what they built this place on. Woe to him that built a town with blood. Read. And establish a city by iniquity. You've established this place. The good old U.S. of A. was established on murder, on gunfire, on weaponry. Now you're shocked because, oh, look at all this violence. It's not supposed to be in the schools with the kids. What did you think was going to happen? Give me Proverbs chapter 12, verse 26. 
What did you think was going to happen, man? Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 26. The righteous is more excellent than his neighbor. Now, the reason I wanted to bring this up is because when I did a little research on the shooter, it looks like it's a brother. It looked like it's a brother that did this, y'all. Sadly to say. No different than down in Uvalde. It was an Israelite, so-called Mexican, that did this. But this is what, what happened. Read this again. This is why it's happening. Read this again. The righteous is more excellent than his neighbor. So we're supposed to be the righteous children of God. And it says that we're more excellent than all the people. When it says neighbors, talking about all the other nations. He created us to be this way. Read. But the way of the wicked seduces them. But we're being seduced by the other nations, the wicked people. The people that established this city, this country on blood, we're being seduced by them to where now we're taking up guns. Now we're going to buy guns. Every nigga got a gun. It's not a coincidence that they, come on, y'all, we got to put things in proper. A couple years back, they issued that uh, constitutional carry law, which meant, which means that you can carry a firearm under the what is it, the First Amendment, one of the damn amendments, the right to bear arms. You can carry a firearm under one of those amendments now without training. You got to go to a class because remember, you used to have to go to a class and get certified to carry a concealed weapon. Now you got to do that. In most states, you can just carry a gun. So they issued that, and now this law, this damn safety, the safety act that they got in Chicago, which certain other brothers have been bringing this out too. I know IUIC has been bringing this out. How certain crimes, the Second Amendment, thank you, cuz, the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms. Chicago has issued, well, not just Chicago, but the state of Illinois, they're thinking about or passing into legislation, I believe, in January, um, was known as the Safety Act. And certain crimes are not going to be prosecuted anymore. And it was stuff like rape, stuff like homicide. I mean, it was a whole long list of things. So you put that together with that. Uh, constitutional carry law and then they've been telling us this because y'all remember the movie The Purge what was The Purge about certain crimes not being punishable what is this what is this you just hit me the quote from the it's a quote from earlier. You can't move this down. Okay. So this is not a coincidence, y'all. So you got all of us running around with damn guns now. Don't even know what the hell we doing. We just got thumpers all over the place. Read this again. 12 and 26. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 26. The righteous is more excellent than his neighbor, mm-hmm. but the way of the wicked seduces them. But the way of the wicked just seduced us. And I ain't talking about just way of gun violence, man. I'm talking about 
everything that we doing that they doing. And it can be something as simple as eating bloody steak. And we know that the most high forbid that. He forbid us to eat blood. You know, most most uh, Israelites like they meat well done. But you start hanging around a certain group of people that like their, their steaks, medium rare, and now you eating damn raw meat. And remember what Paul said, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. So it'd be small things like that that you start off doing. You start off eating damn uh, bloody steak. Before you know it, you uh, wife swapping like they be doing. Before you know it, you um, talking about your child was really uh, born a girl in a boy's body. All that other nonsense. But the, the seducing is very subtle at first, but it pulls you in. Let's get Psalms chapter 106 and start verse 32. Psalms 106, verse 32. They angered him also at the waters of strife. Now, the hymn is talking about the Most High. They angered the Most High, the water of strife. Read. So that it went ill with Moses for their sake. And Moses, when Moses, Moses, I told him to speak to the rock. Moses hit the rock with his, with his staff. And this is why Moses, one of the reasons Moses didn't get to make it to the promised land. Well, this is the reason. And that's why I said it went ill with Moses, because he didn't get to see the promised land. But it was us that was pissing Moses off that got him to this point. Read on. Because they provoked his spirit so that he spake unadvisedly with his lips. (laughs) Right, read. They did not destroy the nations concerning whom the Lord commanded them. Now, this is when we left out of Egypt. So this is a history of our people, the backdrop of our people. Read. But were mingled among the heathen. We did what? Mingled among the heathen. We've always been known to do what? Mingle among the heathen. The word heathen means other nations, y'all. Other people. The Gentiles. Heathen and Gentiles are synonymous. It means the same thing. Non-Israelites. We've been known to go around these damn people. This has been the issue that the Most High has been having with us. We want to be like everybody else. He set us apart. He chose us to be one way, but we want to be another way. Read it again. But we're mingled among the heathen Read. and learned their works. And we learned what? Their works. We learned the stuff that they do. This has been the problem since the beginning. It's like back in the day, just to, to paint this picture for us, that some of this might be over our heads. Some of this we might not understand. So let me just dumb it down for you. Back in the day, when you come running to the house and you ask your mama, could you do something that your friends was doing, and she told you no, and you your comeback was, but everybody else is doing it. All my friends is doing it, and your mama will hit you with this one. So if all your friends go jump off a bridge, you going to jump off a bridge with them? Remember that one? This is what the most high been been telling us. And I use that analogy because we know damn well if you jump off a bridge, you're going to die. So our moms, our parents are telling us, hey, you're going to die just because your friend's dying? This is the, the same thing the most I've been saying to us. So you're going to be wicked as hell and die like the nations 
just because the nation is wicked as hell, wicked as hell and dying, you have. I guess we have a fear. Of, what is it? FOMO, a fear of, of missing out. <laughs> but this is where we at now. We want to be like the damn heathen. And what is it going to take for us to see that their methods and their way of doing things just don't work? But the method of doing things and what does work, what's proven to work, is the most highest way. And I'm saying this because you said at the beginning of this article, it said that you got all these people out there crying and demanding justice and all this other nonsense. But I, I bet you damn well they're going to be having the mask on, what is it, next week, the 31st? Trunk or treating and trick or treating, and I bet they're gonna be doing that. But they're talking about an injustice and how they want it to stop. The way you get things to stop is you start following the Bible, doing what the Bible says to do. Let's get that next article uh, about the the idiots in uh, Houston. You see that? Yeah. Okay, from abc13.com. Harris County has 30 days to extradite mom, currently in Louisiana, accused of starving kids. Accused of what? Starving kids. Read on. Harris County, Texas, a mother connected to a sad case of potential child abuse went before a judge in Louisiana Thursday morning. Harris County, y'all. This is Tommy Houston. Down here in Texas, read. To determine when she will be brought back to Texas. Mm -hmm. The mother and her boyfriend are expected to arrive at the Harris County Jail at some point. Both are facing injury to a child's charges and are accused of some horrific acts of child abuse. The mother has been identified as 40-year-old Zakaya Duncan, and her boyfriend is 27-year-old Jova Terrell. Zakaya Duncan and Jova Terrell. What, just by hearing those names, y'all, who did this? Who we talking about right here? Our people, y'all. Our people. Read on. Both appeared before a judge and are being held without bond in Louisiana. Harris County has 30 days to extradite them back to the Houston area. ABC 13 uncovered the video showing twin 16-year-olds going to a neighbor's home for help in Cyprus. Deputies said they had been handcuffed. That led to the search for their mother, her boyfriend, and their siblings in Baton Rouge. I've seen the pictures, y'all. They got the damn handcuff marks around their wrists. The little boy had all kind of bruises and scrapes on his arm, the one that didn't have no shirt on. Read on. Duncan and Terrell, along with five children, were at the center of an Amber Alert issued on Tuesday. So she got seven kids total. Seven kids. And from the research we did, this ain't the first time she had some some child abuse or neglect cases brought against her. Which idiots? Because I ain't going to say what idiot, because I know she more than likely got more than one baby daddy. Which idiots is continually having kids with this damn crazy-ass woman? Read on. Duncan and Terrell, along with five children, were at the center of an Amber Alert issued on Tuesday. They were eventually all found in Louisiana, and the adults were arrested. This is how everything started. 
the woman's 16-year-old twins, a boy and a girl, were captured at about 5.30 a.m. Tuesday going door-to-door begging for help. One of them was Come not... Come on, man. This sounds like a damn movie. But when, when you hear something like this without hearing the names, who do you automatically think did something like this? You're like, man, them damn white folks. That, that used to be the case. You would hear something horrific like this, something as disturbing as this, and you would just automatically dismiss it. Oh, this is white people doing No, this is us. This is where we at. Like the scripture we read earlier, the way of the wicked seduces us. We've been pulled into doing them. We've learned the ways of the heathen, y'all. This is a problem. The most I hate this. But our people just, we ain't seeing this. We just walk around like some damn airheads. I wonder why all this bad stuff is happening to us. Duh, idiot. You trying to act like the nations when he never intended for you to be like the nations. He said we were a peculiar people. He said that we were a righteous people. He said we were a kingdom of priests, not a kingdom of damn idiots, thugs, child abusers, adulterers, adulterers. We don't. One of them was not even wearing a shirt, and the weather was fairly cold that morning. It's unclear how long they were looking for help, but a woman eventually let them inside. She said she was horrified at their condition. She told ABC 13 that the teenagers were hungry and that they shared details of abuse they suffered at home, claiming not having eaten in days and being handcuffed and locked inside the laundry room of their Cypress home. Come on, man. This sounds like some damn Jeffrey Dahmer madness. For those that's watching this, especially on Netflix, I watched one episode, y'all. I don't know if I'm going to go back in. I don't think I could do it. I'm going to try. But this is what it sounds like. Read on. The neighbor called the police, which sparked an amber alert. The girl was saying, this is what's going on, and the boy was just, all he could think about was food. They sat down. Both of them said they were hungry. They started eating and saying how they moved from Baton Rouge to here, the neighbor said. The twins are now in the care of Child Protective Services. We looked into the so, mother's... So, so now they're in the system. We looked into the mother's background and found that she has a documented case of child abuse in Louisiana from 2012. She has an ongoing history of this. And she 40, the boyfriend 28. She like young niggas, huh? Let's get Deuteronomy 28, man. Matter of fact, yeah, Deuteronomy 28, read verse 15 first. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 15. But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Hearken means to listen. You don't, we don't listen to the, most, the voice of the Most High. Everything he told us to do, read. To observe, to do all his commandments and his statutes. To do all his orders, all his rules, read. Which I command thee this day. You know how niggas hate rules. Read. That all these curses shall come upon thee. So if we don't listen, if we don't do the things he's telling us to do, 
all these curses was going to come upon the children of Israel. Read. And overtake thee. Curse shall thou be in the city. And overtake thee means they're going to be overwhelming. Now jump down to verse 28. Verse 28. The Lord shall smite thee with madness and blindness. Madness, not, oh, I'm mad, I want to fight. No, just talking about being crazy. And this heifer that we're reading about out of her damn mind. The brother shoot, running, shooting up in the school out of his damn mind. Crazy. But the Most High said he would do this to those that didn't do what? Hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes. He said he was going to do this. Verse 28 again. The Lord shall smite thee with madness and blindness and astonishment of heart. Madness, blindness, astonishment of heart. Our people just crazy as hell. Our people, the truth, be staring you right in the face, but you can't see it. That's what. That's the blindness. Then when something bad happens, oh, I don't believe this happened. That's the astonishment of heart. Oh, I can't believe this is happening to us. That damn, the feeling of disbelief, he said he was going to do this because we won't listen. We some hard-headed niggas. Jump down to verse 56. Matter of fact, let me just read it first. Go ahead. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 56. The tender and delicate woman among you. So once upon a time, our women were tender and delicate. Read. Which would not adventure to set the sole of her foot upon the ground for delicateness and tenderness. Our women once upon a time wouldn't walk around barefoot like a bama. They were tender and delicate women. <laughs> but now our women ain't ain't no shame in their game for them to be walking around with damn uh, hiking boots on, Timberlands, damn Jordans on. But that used to be so tender and delicate that they wouldn't even rock with nothing like that. Read. Her eyes shall be evil toward the husband of her bosom. And they used to actually love their men. Our women, believe it or not, black love <laughs> used to exist once upon a time. Read. And toward her son and toward her daughter. Now it don't exist. Now her eyes are evil towards a man. So now, now they hate men. That's why they dyking. There's the reason they give anyway. And then it says, and toward her what? Toward her son and toward her daughter. Now she's evil towards her son and her daughter. This is a prime example of it. We just read it in this article. For us just thinking that the Bible is a fairy tale or it doesn't relate to my life. We're reading it right here how it does. This is happening to our people to where we hate our own children now? Come on, man. This, I said about 15 years ago, it used to be, hey, that's the white folks doing that to their kids. That's what they do with their kids. They put their kids in timeout and um Billy, don't do that. Don't feel like that, honey. That used to be them pampering their kids or, hell, chaining their kids up and leaving them in basements and 
like I said, man, you hear this story without the names, you would think it's them. But now it's us. Now this is us, y'all. Read on. Verse 57. And toward her young one that cometh out from between her feet. Right. The abortion clinics. Who's in there? Who's causing the the most hell about the damn law that was just passed? The federal law now uh, outlawing abortion. It's us. We're bitching and complaining the most. Because we can't kill kids no more so we can live our life. The Most High prophesied this. We're reading about it. Read on. And toward her children, which she shall bear. Read. For she shall eat them for want of all things secretly in the seas and straightness, wherewith thine enemy shall distress thee in thy gates. Now, this is talking about ancient history, but we're still doing it. Let's get Second Kings chapter 28. Let's bring this out. Us hating our children, not caring for our children, unfortunately, is part of our history, man. You sacrificing your kid for your own well-being is part of our history. And, y'all, this is how you worship Molech also. The God Molech that's in the Bible, to worship him, you would actually kill your kid. You would kill, kill your kid to get some type of monetary gain, whether it was your crops coming in or whether it was you having a, a good uh, livestock, uh, live, livestock uh, crop come in, Second Kings chapter 28? Mm-hmm. First Kings then. Okay. No? I'm sorry, y'all. Let me find this real quick. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry, I had it all jacked up. It's uh No, no, I didn't. I got the wrong chapter. It's chapter six, verse twenty eight. Second Kings. Six twenty eight. Second Kings chapter six and verse twenty eight. And the king said unto her, What aileth thee? And she answered. Now, let me paint the backdrop, y'all. During this time, we were uh, very, we were really suffering for food, for water. I believe this was a siege also. So it says, the king said unto her, what ailed thee? So the king said to this woman, what's wrong with you, Read. And she answered, this woman said unto me, give thy son that we may eat him today. So this woman said, hey, give give me your son. We're going to eat your son today. This is actually talking about a son, a kid. Read. And we will eat my son tomorrow. And we'll eat my kid tomorrow. Now watch this. Read. Verse 29. So we boiled my son and did eat him. And I said unto her on the next day. So they, wait a minute. We're just going to read past that. Read it again, 29. So we boiled my son and did eat him. So we killed my son. We boiled him. And ate them. This is our people. This is what's talking about Deuteronomy 28. We actually was doing this. And we will go on to do it again. 
which brings us full speed up to this day. You ask, how could a mother be like this? How could a mother do this? We've been like this. This is in our, sadly to say, our DNA. Because we're a selfish people. We only care about ourselves. This is a selfish move right here. Y'all are starving, but you ain't concerned about how your kids ain't eating. You're just concerned about how you ain't eating. You're going to kill them for food. We don't. So we boiled my son and did eat him. And I said unto her on the next day, Give thy son that we may eat him. And she has hid her son. No, it is no big deal that we just ate my son. We killed my son and ate him. She ain't even tripping over that. She tripping off the fact that the lady reneged and hid her son. So now she ain't got another meal. It ain't the issue that they kill, they're killing kids and eating them. The issue is the lady reneged. Yes. The fact that it's the very loud. You got to speak loud. Sorry. It's just the fact that it's the very next day. Yeah. Who can't go a day without? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. This is us. So you're wondering why these things are happening, why these things are going on, because there's nothing new under the sun, y'all. Y'all better read the Bible. The Bible relates to what's going on right now. That's what makes it a book of truth. That's what makes the most high the most high. You can't make these things up. They fit too perfectly in the Bible. All right, y'all, moving on. Um, I'm definitely going to go over Deuteronomy chapter 28 in its entirety, either me or Mashaba, because what me and Mashaba have, have, have been discussing for quite some time now, y'all, is um, a foundation, man. And the reason we're talking about a foundation is because there have been a lot of brothers here lately, man, all on the Internet and stuff. They're, just, they're pulling doctrines out of they think it's right, but it's not sound doctrine. They're just making stuff up. Long story, they're making stuff up. They're teaching things that are not correct. And the reason behind it is because they they never had a solid foundation. So that's what me and Mashaba have been discussing, and that's what we're going to be doing Um I don't know. I can't put a time on it, but we're going to do it, do it till it's done, man, giving everybody a solid foundation. Now, what we call a solid foundation, or what is a solid foundation, we call these classes basic classes for uh, lack of a better term. Um, that may be a misnomer. Maybe we should call them introductory <laughs> classes instead of basic classes. And I say that because what we term as basic for us is not basic for someone else because these so-called basic classes really destroy a bunch of foundations that people have been living on their entire life that they learned in church or through philosophy or what it might be. And rightly so it should. That's what it's meant to do, to tear down the lies. So we feel that it's time to do that so that um, when we go into these other topics, you'll have the backdrop of that solid foundation to help you understand what we're talking about, y'all. So we're transitioning over from current events and news to the topic, and the topic is never wax pale. 
Now, this topic is, like I said, what we call a basic topic. This would be a, what we call a color class, y'all. Um, but before I get into it, let's get Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Now, this is Christ talking. Christ said, whoever hears these sayings that I'm saying, his words, he said he's going to count this man as somebody that built his house upon a rock. A rock is a solid foundation. All right? So you come into the knowledge of the truth. You just learn that you're an Israelite. You learn that you belong to the Most High. You have to have a solid foundation of the word. You have to, man. Because if you don't have that solid foundation, then you're going to get rocked by something that comes your way that you don't know how to handle. And I'm talking about a way of scripture because people are real tricky and cunning with the scriptures. And if you don't know, you're going to get caught up in that. So Christ said, if you have that solid foundation, verse 25, read. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house. No, the the rain and the floods is all this other doctrine, all these scriptures that people might pull on you that you're unfamiliar with, get you caught up by misinterpretation of them or they're isogesis of it. They're coming at you with this, but you don't have that solid foundation to say, nah, uh-uh. I know you pulled in that scripture, but read this one. Read the one before that. Read the one up under that. Or read this chapter. Because the Bible's a puzzle, y'all. You have to put the puzzle together. And with any puzzle that you put together, you got to do this framework involved in the puzzle. You do the, the outside first, right? You frame it. It's like a house. You put the frame up first or the foundation, and then you start filling the inside up. That's the way the Bible is. It's not meant to be read like a novel. So you might get tripped up if you don't have that solid foundation. Read on. And it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. But if you have that solid foundation, you won't fall. You won't go off. You won't be tricked by those uh, cunning scriptures that people like to pull to justify their, like I said, isolate Jesus, what Jesus means to them. So let's get Matthew chapter 13 and verse 5. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 5. Some fell upon stony places. Now this is the parable of the sword. So he says some of these stones fell upon uh, stony places I'm sorry He said uh, some of these seeds Fell upon stony places Read Where they had not much earth And forthwith they sprung up Because they had no deepness of earth Now the Most High I'm sorry Christ Is using this parable Of the sower Because our people were, are very Were used to be Very familiar with um, Agriculture So and if you're familiar with agriculture, you know that when you plant a seed, it has to be buried 
in the seed firmly, and it has to be buried in good ground. It can't be too deep. It can't be uh, not deep enough. It has to be just right. So he said that this particular seed, read this again. Hmm. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth. So they didn't have enough dirt, read. Because they had no deepness of earth. So they'll they'll spring up. If you plant a seed and you didn't, you didn't plant it firmly in the ground, it'll spring up. And what happened is it'll either get scorched by the sun or a bird will come along and eat the seed. So that's verse 5, right? Keep read verse 6. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. Mm-hmm. And because they had no root, they withered away. And this is what happens. Now, jump to verse 20. He's going to give us the understanding of what he's talking about in that particular verse. Verse 20, but he that received the seed into stony places, the same is he that hears the word. So the stony place parable that he gave is about a person that got the word. They got the truth dropped on them, read. And anon with joy receiveth it. And they receive, man, this sounds good. I'm an Israelite? Oh, man, the Bible's about us? You received the word, read. Yet has he not root in himself. But you didn't have those basic classes, those basic understanding that you were supposed to have. It says, yet he, yet had he not root in himself, read. But dureth for a while. So because you didn't get the solid foundation, those basic classes, you hang out for a little bit. You'll be claiming your Israelite for a little bit, read. For when tribulation or persecution arises. But now you're starting to go through stuff. Now your family's coming against you. People on your job messing with you. Your woman's tripping. Or your friends tell, hey, man, you ain't the same dude. I can't hang with you no more. It it arises because of what? Because of the word. Man, because of that crazy stuff you believe in. Read. By and by, he is offended. And now you offended of the Bible. Now you don't want to have nothing to do with the scriptures because you value your relationships with your friends more because you weren't rooted. You didn't have a solid foundation that you could stand on, that you could say, I don't care what y'all say, this is the truth. I believe in this, and this is what I'm doing. Verse 22. He also that received seed among the thorns is he that hears the word? Now, I, ain't, I didn't read this in the parable, but this is the one that got this, got the seed, got the word. He, he got it in the thorns. This is he that hears the word. Read. And the care of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. But why? Because this dude didn't have a solid foundation either. He didn't have those basic classes to get him through when he's persecuted, when people are coming against him. So the word just starts to fade out. It's not as important. It's just knowledge at this point, but it's not a lifestyle or a way of life. So that is what me and Mashaba are about to partake in and attempt to do, man, is to give all the listeners a solid foundation. So with that said, let's go to Jeremiah chapter 17. 
And let's start. We're going to read verse 1, then we're going to jump to verse 4. Jeremiah, chapter 17, and verse 4. And thou, even thyself, shalt discontinue from thine heritage that I gave thee. Hold on. Read verse 1 first. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah 17, verse 1. The sin of Judah is written with a pen of iron. So when he says the sin of Judah, he's talking about our nation, our people. But in particular, he's talking about what was known as the southern kingdom. And we'll go over that history. But he says that the sin of Judah is written with a pen of iron, meaning you can't get it out. It's going to stay. It's, it's permanent, like a damn tattoo. It's permanent. Read. And with the point of a diamond, read. it is graven upon the table of their heart. It's on our mind. The heart's talking about the mind. Read. And upon the horns of your altars. Now read, jump down to verse 4. And thou, even thyself, shalt discontinue from thine heritage. So because we sinned so much as a people, the Most High said he was going to discontinue us from our heritage. So what does it mean to discontinue? To put an end to, to stop, to terminate, to cease, to take, use, subscribe. The Most High said he was going to put an end to our heritage. Now, look up heritage for me real quick. Heritage. Inheritance. An estate that passes from an ancestor to an heir by descent or course of law. Ooh. So we had an inheritance from the most high that we messed up. What is that what else did it say for heritage? That which is inherited. From the Miriam Webster Dictionary eighteen twenty eight. So our heritage was the most high and all the blessings that he was going to bless us with if, like he said in Deuteronomy chapter twenty eight, if we listen and kept his law, statutes, and commandments, but we didn't. So we've been cut off from that heritage. So for us to hear that, hey, man, y'all the true chosen people of God, you're like, ah, man, y'all know what y'all talking about. Man, y'all making stuff up. No, that can't be true because we've been told that all the people in the Bible was white. Going all the way back to Adam and Eve, you was told that those were white people. Even the pictures that, been, the pictures that have been put up, over the centuries, display what? White people in the Bible. So we automatically say, man, the Bible has nothing to do with us, so we put it down, and then we'll go and pick the Quran up because according to the nation's Islam, that's the black man's religion. And we just want to identify with something that's black. That's what we've been told. And we've been told that because we don't understand the Bible. Because if we did, we would understand this right here. Let's read Jeremiah 17 and verse 4 again. And thou, even thyself, shalt discontinue from thine heritage that I gave thee, and I will cause thee to serve thine enemies in the land which thou knowest not. And this is what's happened. We've been cut off, and now we're serving our enemies. Read. For ye have kindled a fire in mine anger. So the Most High did all of this because why? 
Ye have kindled a fire in mine anger. Because he was angry. He disowned us. No different than you would disown your child if your child would not follow your instructions and your rules. Read. Which shall burn forever. The Most High said he got angered forever with us. He's pissed off with us forever. Now let's get Psalm chapter 82. And we'll start at verse 1. God standeth in the congregation of the of the mighty. I'm sorry. Psalms 83. Correct y'all notes. Psalms 83. 83 and 1. Keep not thou silence, O God. Hold not thy peace, and be not still, O God. For lo, thine enemies make a tumult, and they that hate thee have lifted up the heads. So it says that God's enemies have made made a tumult. They've made a ruckus. It says, and they that hate thee have lifted up the head. Read on. They have taken crafty counsel. So the enemies of God have taken crafty counsel against who? Against thy people. Against the children of Israel or God's people. Read. And consulted against thy hidden ones. And what did they say? Read. They have said. Come, and let us cut them off from being a nation. It says, so these people, they're confederate against us, and even tells us in this chapter, they conspired, and they said, we're going to come, and we're going to cut them off from being a people. Oh, I'm sorry, cut them off from being a nation. Read. That the name of Israel may no more, may be no more in remembrance. So that the name of Israel be no more in remembrance, and the name of Israel has not been in remembrance because those people over in our land called themselves Israelis, not Israelites. So I really wasn't going to do this, but I guess we got to do this. So I want you to look up the word um, Israeli. Because when people think of Israelites, for whatever reason, they automatically think of Israeli or they think of the people that call, that call themselves Jewish for whatever reason. Yeah. Yes. Israeli, relating to the modern country of Israel. The modern country. I mean, current day, not the ancient country, the modern country of Israel. Is that it? A native or inhabitant of Israel or a person of Israeli descent. Uh, <laughs> that's a contradictory. <laughs> Are you going to have the word in the definition of the word? Exactly. It don't even <laughs> make sense. Read that again. A native or inhabitant of Israel. It says a native or an inhabitant of Israel. Now, remember, the first definition said modern day. So it's talking about the modern day people, not the ancient Israelites. Read. Or a person of Israeli descent. A person of Israeli descent, not Israelite descent, Israeli. So it's letting you know there is a difference. That was a better definition than I wanted. 
Let me see if I can find it. So the reason it's making the distinction here now, y'all, is because in case you didn't know, the state of Israel was established in 1948. 1948, the state of Israel was established, all right, under the, um, oh, man, what was the name of it? Oh, man. I just had it on the tip of my tongue, too. Are you looking for the other definition? Mm -hmm. Let me look for it real quick. It was the it was a declaration. I forgot the name of the de- declaration that uh, Israel was established under in 1948. Look look that up for me. The Balfour Declaration. That's it right there. Uh, say it for him. I mean, while I look this up. The Balfour Declaration of 1917. Give me one second. The Balfour Declaration. All right, so they were established as a state in 1948, y'all. So that's modern Israel, but that is not ancient Israel. My point bringing this out is going back to uh, Psalms 82. Read this again for me. Verse 4. 82? Yeah, 83. I'm sorry, okay. 83 and 4. Psalm 83 and 4. They have said, come and let us cut them off from being a nation, mm-hmm. that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. So it's not no more in remembrance. Now, let's get the definition for Isra- uh, sorry, Israelite. Because you don't hear it. This is not a common term that's used anymore. I mean, it is now. Because you have people saying the black Hebrew Israelites, the black Hebrew, which is oxymoron, misnomer, whatever. But uh, read this. Israelites, a member of the ancient Hebrew nation. You see this? What is it? What's the Israelite? A member of the ancient Hebrew nation. An Israelite is a member of the ancient, not the modern, the ancient Hebrew nation. Read. Especially in the period from the Exodus to the Babylonian captivity. The real Israelites, not the modern day ones. I want us to understand this. So this is something that's very basic, y'all, that y'all can look it up. We just, we, all we're doing, we're using internet sources. Sir, and I've said this countless of times, after the Babylonian captivity, they start referring to all of us as Jews, all right? All of the tribes were referred to as Jews after the Babylonian captivity. So uh, with that understanding, let's look up the word now, Jew. Matter of fact, ooh. I'm going to get this on again. Matter of fact, I'm curious. Look it up too in a regular dictionary. Yeah. Okay. Read. 
do. A member of the people and cultural community whose traditional religion is Judaism and who trace their origins through the ancient Hebrew people of Israel to Abraham. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> Read this one. So that was off, that was the internet, y'all. So let's get it out of the uh, compact, the Zonervan Compact Bible Dictionary. Jew. Originally, it denoted one belonging to the tribe of Judah. Now, listen, it said it originally denoted one belonging to the tribe of Judah. So to say that you're a Jew meant that you come from the tribe of Judah, and which was uh, Jacob's fourth-born son. Now, listen to this. Or to the two tribes of the southern kingdom. The two tribes of the southern kingdom. Now, this is ancient history. Like I said, we're definitely going to go into this, y'all. But this is history you have to know if you're running around calling yourself a Hebrew Israelite. Read on. Referencing 2 Kings 16.6. Right. That's the split of the kingdom. We'll go on. But later its meaning was extended, and it was... Now, listen to this. Later its meaning was extended. The word Jew is extended. Read. And it was applied to anyone of the Hebrew race. And applied to anybody of the Hebrew race, like I said. What else? Who returned from the captivity. Right, who returned from the captivity, and that would have been the captivity of the uh, the uh, Babylonian captivity. They returned uh, from the captivity to rebuild the temple under the Persian Mede Empire's rulership under King Cyrus. You can read about that in the Bible. Is that it? As most of the exiles came from Judah, and as they were were the main historical representatives of ancient Israel, the term Jew came finally to comprehend all of the Hebrew race throughout the world. Yeah, because that's why. Now let's look at the word Jewish. So we see that there's a difference between an Israeli and an Israelite. We also see there's a difference between a Jew, and we'll find out a Jew, somebody calls himself Jewish. Now watch this. Jewish, relating to, associated with, or denoting Jewish people or, Juda- or Judaism. Juda- Jewish people or Judaism. Now I want us to keep in mind that Judaism is a religion. That's a religion, y'all. Okay? The Most High never gave religion. You won't find Judaism in the Bible. The Most High gave law, statutes, and commandments. He never gave religion. Read. Oh, that was it? Yeah, see what Wikipedia says. Jewish people are an ethno-religious group. An ethno-religious group. Y'all hear this, right? Religious group. Not uh, ancient uh, ethnic group, but religious group. And nations originating from the Israelites and Hebrews. Stop. Wikipedia got that all wrong. Hold on, y'all. Got that all wrong right there.
So what I wanted to get out of y'all, how there's a diff, um what's the word I'm looking for? Distinction. There's a distinction between a Jew and a Jewish person. They are not one and the same. To say to say that you're a Jewish, you're talking about the religion. But to say that you're a Jew, you're talking about ethnicity. You're talking about your heritage. You're talking about your lineage. All right. I'm sorry, I couldn't get a better definition of Jewish. Uh, so, with that said, let's go to First Maccabees chapter three. Mm-hmm. You got it. Let's start at verse uh, forty-five. So we're reading from. First Maccabees in the Apocrypha. The Apocrypha was taken out of the Bible, y'all. Matter of fact, let's get that too. Uh, get, get, uh, hold on. Let me use some of my other one that was all tore up. Here we go, right here. Read this right there. So this is out of the, Zonor, the Compact Zonovan Bible Dictionary, y'all, and this is the definition for Bible. There's many in there, but this is the King James Version Bible. Read this. King James Version. When Elizabeth died in 1603, the crown passed to James I, who had been king of Scotland for 37 years as James VI. So it's talking about King James, read. Several months after he ascended the throne of England, he authorized a new translation of the Bible. A new what? Translation. A new translation, y'all. Not an interpretation, but a translation. And what had to be translated? Read. Of the Bible to replace the Bishop's Bible. Because the Bishop's Bible was written in another language. But the King James Bible was was written in his um, uh, was written in English, and it was translated. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew, the New Testament was written in Greek, as well as the Apocrypha. It had to be translated from those language languages into the English language. So King James authorized that to happen. Read. Forty-seven of the best Hebrew and Greek scholars of the day were divided into six groups: three for the Old Testament two for the new, and one for the Apocrypha. One for the what? Apocrypha. So the Apocrypha is, in fact, what they call a canon book. It's a reliable source of information. It is part of the Bible. It was took out of the Bible in 1880. So the Apocrypha was removed from the Bible in the year 1880. All right? But it was originally part of the King James Bible. I want us to understand this. Read on in the Bible, I mean the definition. Two of the groups met at Oxford, two at Cambridge, and two at Westminster. When a group had completed its task, its work was submitted to 12 men, two from each panel. Final differences of opinion were settled at a general meeting of each company. In cases of special difficulty, learned men outside the Board of Revisers were consulted. 
Marginal notes were used only to explain Hebrew and Greek words to draw attention to parallel passages. So it means that some of the Bible had parallel passages, like you'll find a scripture in the Old Testament, and you'll find the same scripture in the New Testament. Or you'll find a, you'll find a scripture in one chapter of Proverbs, and you'll see in another, another same scripture in another chapter of Proverbs. So the Bible is just like that. But the reason I wanted to bring this out was one to validate the apocrypha that it is in fact part of the Bible. Two to dispel the rumors that oh King James wrote the Bible and he didn't. He authorized these scholars. Scholars. How many scholars was it? Forty-seven. Forty-seven of the best Hebrew and Greek scholars of the day. Right, and they didn't just rush through it. It took them years to put this together. Unlike Bibles before this, you only had one person putting in all the work to try to uh, to to uh, try to take the Bible from one language to the next language. You had one person doing this, like the Bishop's Bible, the Geneva Bible. But King James assembled a panel of learned scholars to translate, and they put some real effort into it, and did. What, and did and created what we have now. All right, so I want us to understand this. Now let's go to the Apocrypha. First Maccabees, chapter 3, and start at verse 45. Now Jerusalem lay void as a wilderness. There was none of her children that went in or out. Now this is also our history, too. This is when um, Antiochus, Epiphanes came into power, and what he did was he destroyed all our temples. Uh, he made it unlawful to keep the law, the Most High's commandments, and he was just killing our people. So this is what this is the aftermath of it. So read it again. Now Jerusalem lay void as a wilderness. There was none of her children that went in or out. The sanctuary also was trodden down. And aliens kept the stronghold. The aliens are talking about the other nations. And this is where we get the story also, y'all, of Hanukkah. Read on. The heathen had their habitation in that place. And joy was taken from Jacob, and the pipe with the harp ceased. Now, heathen is talking about nations or uh, Gentiles. Nations, Gentiles, they're synonymous with each other. It means the same thing. Read on. Wherefore, the Israelites assembled themselves together and came to Mizpah over against Jerusalem. For in Mizpah was the place where they prayed aforetime in Israel. This is where we prayed, read. Then they fasted that day and put on sackcloth and cast ashes upon their heads and rent their clothes. Because we were in a very low estate, y'all, and then we would do this when we were in trouble. We would fast, put sackcloth on, ashes, and we prayed to the Most High to ask him to deliver us from whatever calamity we were going through. Read on. And laid open the book of the law. And then we opened the Bible up to see, hey, what did our ancestors do? What moves should we be making? No different than now. That's what we, should, we, what we should be doing when we run into brick walls, opening the book up, finding out what's the next move. Read. Wherein the heathen had sought to paint the likeness of their images. So the heathen sought to paint the likeness of their images, meaning what? Now Adam and Eve is what color? Right. White. 
Now Christ is what color? White. white. Job is white. Moses is white. All the movies that they make, the biblical movies, they depict the Hebrews, the Israelites as being what color? White. But this started way back then with the heathen, with the other nations. They've been doing this. I hope I hope we can see this. I hope we understand. Let's get uh just just to edify. Give me the Zonovan again, page two twenty. Use mine because I don't know if your uh yours your pages are the same as mine. Yeah. You got it already. Page two twenty. Now watch this, y'all. Usually used for a non-Israelitish people. So a non-Israelitish people. So when it says that the heathen had sought to paint the likeness of their images, meaning these non-Israelite people put their faces in the Bible as us. So you talk about identity theft, that's nothing new. They've been doing this. I hope everybody's seeing this. All right, now let's go to the Josephus. Going to Josephus Book One, Book One, Chapter Five, Paragraph Five. Antiquities of the Jews. Yeah, Antiquity of the Jews. Chapter, book, you said book one, chapter five. Yeah, and paragraph five. So book one, chapter five, paragraph five. There were some also who passed over the sea. You see that? Here, just read that. The highlighted part at the bottom. Antiquities of the Jews, Book One, Chapter Five, One Twenty. There were there were some also who passed over the sea in ships and inhabited the islands. And some of those nations do still retain the denominations which were given them by their first founders. Now, what Josephus here is talking about. Is he talking about Genesis chapter 10? And we're definitely going to go there. He says, some of these nations, they still have the names, their original names, what he's saying. Read. But some have lost Uh, them also. What he said, that some of these people have lost their original names. Read. And some have only admitted certain changes in them, that they might be the more intelligible to the inhabitants. So some of them have changed stuff to make themselves seem better than what they were. Read. And they were the Greeks. And they were the who? The Greeks. The Greeks. <laughs> they the ones that wrote the story about them to make them seem like they were more than what they were, is what Josephus is saying. And what else did these Greeks do? And Greeks, who is talking about y'all, is talking about so-called white people. Read on. And they were the Greeks who became the authors of such mutations. The the authors of such what? Mutations. Now, we know a mutation is not something that's original, y'all. A mutation is something that's made up, blended together. They mutated the Bible also. 
to where now everybody in the Bible's white. The Greeks did this. Like we just read in the Apocrypha how the heathen sought to paint the likeness of their images. So once the Greeks came into power around 333 B.C. under Alexander the so-called Great, this is when they started doing this. They had access to our books because they were in power, so they wrote themselves as the heroes because they were in power. No different than now. They're in power, so what do they do? They make the movies, biblical movies, and they who they put as the leading characters themselves. So now our people think we ain't in the Bible because of the imagery that we see. Well, they did it a long time ago with books. Read that part again. Mm-hmm. Where and, you left over at? And they were Greeks who became the authors of such mutations. For when in after ages they grew potent, they claimed to themselves the glory of antiquity. They claimed to themselves the glory of antiquity. This is ain't this ain't actual. This is not history. This is what they claim. Read giving names to the nations that sounded well in Greek. And they renamed all these nations. Read. That they might be better understood among themselves. That They made this to edify themselves, not to edify the whole world. They don't care about the whole world. Read. And setting agreeable forms of government over them, as if they were a people derived from themselves. As if they were people to arrive from, like they just came from themselves. They made stuff up. Is that it? Mm-hmm. All right, now give me Job chapter 9, verse 24. And we pulled this scripture out quite a bit. But I want y'all to really understand what it's saying. If you're in control, if you have power, rulership, and authority over the earth, then you can put out to the public what you want to put out to the public, and the public has to accept it. So I want us to get this. So the Greeks were in power, so of course they're going to write themselves as the heroes, the biblical people. Job chapter 9, verse 24. The earth is given into the hand of the wicked. Right. They're in control, and they definitely are the wicked. Read. He covereth the faces of the judges thereof. And this is what they did when they wrote themselves as us. He covered the faces of the judges. We're the judges of the earth. The Bible says that profusely. He covered our faces with his. They're called, they call it whitewashing. Where and who is he? So if the so-called white man didn't do this, then who did this? <laughs> who did this if he didn't do it? And he is definitely the wicked because only a wicked person would steal somebody's identity. I hope we're understanding this. Now I want to go to this book. This book is entitled Caesar and Christ, y'all, The Story of Civilization. And we're going to page 544. And the reason I want to go here is to substantiate the Josephus and give us a backstory on Josephus. This is definitely a color class, but it's, it's a different type of color class, y'all. We definitely going to get into the scriptures and bring out the color in the Bible 
but I have to paint this backdrop just so we understand the information. Page 544. Among them was a priest named Josephus. Named who? Josephus. So among the Israelites, and this is during the revolts that Israel had against the Romans. Read. Then a young man of 30, energetic, brilliant, and endowed with an intellect capable of transforming every desire into a virtue. Commissioned by the rebels to fortify Galilee, he defended its strongholds, Jotapata, against Vespasian's thieves. So against Vespasian's thieves, he's talking about Titus and Vespasian, and they were relatives, uh, father and son, when they seized Jerusalem in 70 A.D. Read. Until only 40 Jewish soldiers remained alive. It was only 40 Jewish soldiers left, 40 Israelite soldiers left alive. Read. Hiding with him in a cave. Mm-hmm. Josephus wished to surrender, but his men threatened to kill him if he tried it. Mm-hmm. Since they preferred death to capture, he persuaded them to draw lots to fix the order in which each should die by the hand of the next. So Josephus came up, cunning. Hey, we, since, since we ain't going to surrender, we're just going to kill ourselves. So he hooked it up to where they kill us. Everybody kill themselves, read. When all were dead but himself and one other. He, he's so, so cunning. It was only him and another brother that was alive. Read. He induced him to join him in surrender. Man, go and surrender with me. Read on. They were about to be sent to Rome in chains when Josephus prophesied that the Spatians would be emperor. So they were about to go to a Roman prison. Then Josephus was like, hey, man, the Spatians, you're going to be the Roman emperor. Read. The Spatian released him and gradually accepted him as a useful advisor in the war against the Jews. So he was a traitor. <laughs> our our most prized historian, Josephus, was a betrayal of his own people. He the one that gave the Spatians the intel on how to destroy us as a people, as a nation. Is, is it all the highlight? When Vespasian left for Alexandria, Josephus accompanied Titus to the siege of Jerusalem. All right, now jump to page 546. Same book. Once again, y'all, this book is titled Caesar and Christ. Highlighted part. The flight or enslavement of a million Jews so accelerated their spread through the Mediterranean that their scholars came to date the diaspora from the destruction of Herod's temple. We have so seen it says scholars. So Josephus was not the only historical scholar that we had. He was one of many. Read on. We have seen that this dispersion had begun six centuries before in the Babylonian captivity and had been renewed in the settling of Alexandria. That's 546, right? If you read on to it. Okay. I didn't want you to read the part. Turn the page, 546. It's missing something. Right there. Let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see. Yeah, I want you to read this right there. After the fall of Jerusalem, Josephus sailed to Rome with Titus. Now listen to this. Read. And accompanied the conqueror of his people in a triumphal procession that exhibited captive Jews and Jewish spoils. So he was in a procession where all the Israelite prisoners came in. He was with them. 
like a damn parade. You know, like after a city win a Super Bowl or NBA championship, he was in that. Read. The station gave him Roman citizenship, a pension, an apartment in his palace, and profitable lands in Judea. They made him rich. Read. In return, Josephus took Vespasian's family name, Flavius. And this is where we, he get the Flavius Josephus from. Read. And wrote the Wars of the Jews. And he wrote the Wars of the Jews first, talking about when we went to war against the Romans. Read. To defend the actions of Titus in Palestine, to exonerate his own defection. And, and he tried to make himself look good. Read. And to discourage further revolt by showing forth the might of Rome. Read on. In his later years, feeling more keenly his isolation, he wrote the Antiquities of the Jews. Then to, he wrote the Antiquities of the Jews. Read. To regain the goodwill of his people. To get on our good side, even though he was a traitor. Read. By giving Gentiles a more favorable view of Jewish achievements, customs, and character. His narratives are clear and forceful, and his account of Herod the Great is as engaging as Plutarch. Now, the reason I wanted to read this is to show that the writings of Josephus are accurate. They line up with history. Now, let's go back to the Josephus. What does it say? That is five. And his age and his objectivity. No, I don't even want that. Let's go to uh, back to the Josephus. And now we're going to go to the appendix, page 815. We gotta be quick. We ain't got much time left. Okay. Appendix, page eight fifteen. Listen to this. Josephus is the most diligent and the greatest lover of truth of all writers. He's the what? Diligent and the greatest lover of truth of all writers. He was diligent. He went through painstaking effort to find the truth. He's the most diligent and the most what? Greatest lover of truth. He loves the truth. He's a reliable source of information. Even though he was a traitor, you can still rely on Josephus' information. Read. Nor are we afraid to affirm of him that it is more safe to believe him, not only as to the affairs of the Jews, but also as to those that are foreign to them than all the Greek and Latin writers. He said Josephus, they believe Josephus before the Greek and the Latin writers because Josephus, not, he not only knew Israelite history, he knew world history in general. He knew about other people's history. Is that it? Because his fidelity and his compass of learning are everywhere conspicuous. And, and, and the reason it says everywhere, because I've read many history books, they all refer back to Josephus. That's it? Mm-hmm. Now let's get page 544 out of the Josephus. This is in the preface. Right there. The six. Page 544, The Wars of the Jews, Chapter 6. I'm sorry, Part 6. To write concerning the antiquities of the Jews, who they were originally, and how they revolted from the Egyptians, and what country they traveled over, and what countries they seized upon afterward, and how they were removed out of them, I think this not to be a fit opportunity. And on the other, and on other accounts, also 
superfluous, and this because many Jews before me have composed the histories of our ancestors. Now, this is part one. He said many Jews before him have composed the history of our ancestors. So not just Josephus, but it's been written down in countless historical sources, which we read and we call it the Bible. And we just gather out of the Apocrypha how the other nations painted the likeness of themselves. And Josephus said the same thing. They are imposters. Very exactly. Stop right there, y'all, because we're running out of time. And there's some more stuff we're definitely going to get into, uh, get into more color out of the Bible as well as historical sources. Uh, I hope everybody got some understanding out of the class. I apologize. Uh, some of this was jumbled up. I apologize if I was going too fast. Uh, Lord's willing, I will be back next week to edify uh, some things and to bring out the color in the Bible. Thanks for everybody tuning in. The Water Mashaba for hooking up the broadcast. And until next week, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to please tune in to Tazapod. Tuesday. Tazapod. Tuesday. Tazapod. Every Tuesday. The water y'all for tuning in. You got any questions? Hit me up at three one four four eight two ninety one ten. And with that, we're gonna say shalom. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.